As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute. And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Welcome to the latest Laz and Powers. Uh, I am Mark Lazarus and I'm joined by Scott Powers. We are not in the same room. We are very much practicing social distancing. Um, Scott, um... By states, yes. We're, I'm going to close the border of Indiana pretty soon at this rate. Um, I am. We are on day two of full blown quarantine, and um, I'm only doing this podcast to hide from my children. How are you doing, Scott? <laughs> I was trying to think when, when will we actually see each other again? Uh, I was going to say the draft, but I don't. Who knows? The draft might be like done yeah, I don't online think the draft's this year. Happen at least how it yeah. normally happens. Everything's up in there. I might see a training camp. Maybe the the Blackhawks convention. Things will be lifted by then. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, we're joking here, but it, it it very well could be that. I mean, we keep hearing about oh, maybe thirty days or maybe mid. I don't think this thing is happening. I don't think there's going to be hockey this year. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And it, it's sort of. I, I know that Batman's sort of just trying to be proactive and getting out there. And every time he says something, he's quoted. But it, it just feels like what he says is like there's no real like. I don't know, the substance to it, considering, like, everything the government's saying. It's like, oh, well, it's going right. to be at least two months and and probably, you know, longer. So, yeah, I I, I don't think a season is going to occur. Or it just it, it doesn't make sense at some point, too, or just if players are not uh, in game shape or if we're pushing things into July, you know, I, I think I think baseball still has a chance. But I, I think for basketball and, and hockey that it's, um, yeah, it's do what's best for these players because now, now they sent the AHL players home and, 
Um, you know, you still have NHL players in their cities. I think for the most part, I think they're allowed to go back to their their hometowns. Yeah, too, but, if, if, if uh, you're sending them back to Europe, they might not be able to get back here. I mean, that's a big white flag of, of sorts to be able to tell players, you know what, if you're Swedish, go back to Sweden. It's okay. Uh, that means you're not coming back anytime soon. It also feels weird because we're obviously very, you know, like we're worried about our jobs and what we do. But at the same sense, like it's this podcast and what we write, just it feels like it has such a little importance. And I, and I know the word is distraction, and you know we're supposed to be entertained, but it just it's um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, mean, I know. I was just uh, you know. I have a group chat on Facebook Messenger with some friends of mine, and you know, one of my friends, she has two jobs. One of them is planning Disney trips for people, and one of them is working part time at the elementary school. So she is out of work, out of out of both of her jobs right now. And you know, you and I are on Slack going, I don't know what to write about. I mean, it it is in the grand scheme of things, it's pretty small, and we're fortunate to be working at a company that kind of has our back here and that you know seems to be able to to handle this. I have friends who run a restaurant. I have a friend who runs a winery. Uh, and he yeah. has his, his margins are so thin, and now he can't have tastings or anything like that in upstate New York. And he's already talking about trying to figure out how to get out of the business. I mean, you know, this is a, 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 this is you know, hockey is is obviously not very high on the uh, the national concern list right now. And like you said, I mean, it's so early into it. You know, I I, I can't imagine what this podcast is going to sound like a month from now, where we're just uh, breaking. It's going to sound like dead air because we're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um. Breaking down the latest Frozen two, which I believe I've watched twice already in the last two days. So, no, we're on a uh, Marvel rewatch. We uh, we watched uh, Captain America: The First Avenger and Iron Man. So we're gonna watch one a day. Yeah, I feel uh, you, to you carry have a bigger, us larger. You know, you, your children are a little older. I'm sort of limited with the two and a half year old. It's true. It's true. I got an eight year old. Just turned eight last week or this past weekend, and a four year old, so they can handle the Marvel stuff. Um, so I thought we'd talk a little bit about what we wrote about uh, today. Uh, you know, we actually had this piece going to run before everything went down, but it was uh, a look at what rosters could look like next season. And we we based on we we decided to write it because we we both felt that the season had escaped the Blackhawks. And uh, you know, even now, like it's it's I know there's different play, playoff scenarios talked about. And if there was a 24 team one, the Blackhawks would actually get in it, which would feel strange, even Montreal too, which is 10 <laughs> points out. But um, yeah, I, I guess there's, and I imagine we'll be doing this for many months now, looking ahead and, and, and seeing how things can change for the Blackhawks and whether there's any optimism or pessimism or, or what. But, you know, I, I think today, um, and we encourage everyone, obviously, when everyone to go out and read our story, it's a little bit more detailed. But we, we looked at options, roster options, and went from, you know, the basic, uh, basic what, you know, if, if they're going to stand pat for the most part and resign some guys and then be a bit a little bit aggressive, which is probably not so realistic, but kind of looking at all the, uh, you know, the roster options in between too. Yeah, we, we actually wrote this on Wednesday during the day. Uh, that's the night that Rudy Gobert tested positive. The NBA shut down. The NHL started thinking about it. And uh, I remember, like, second period, we're like, yeah, I don't think we're running this tomorrow. I think we're going to have to figure <laughs> something else to write about. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, like you, I, I like the way you phrased that, that the season had escaped the Blackhawks. That's a nice way of putting it. Um, uh, I, I think, you know, we, we went through four options here. We, we kind of kept it basically the same we made a minor addition uh we went for a full-blown youth movement and then we went nuts and signed a former heart trophy winner in uh taylor hall uh i think that both of us believe that option one is the most likely and that's what nobody wants to hear but this team's going to look basically the same next year especially if now like you know we're a few weeks ago they were talking about oh maybe 88 million dollar cap and uh, you know, you, you drain all the revenue out of 
out of the end of the season in the playoffs and uh you know it's maybe even there's concerns of staying at the same cap you know cap limit it was this season so um i, I know that uh, you know james myrtle and some people have already started looking at what this means financially for the league and um and obviously the whole playoffs from the tv to concessions and merchandise and all that stuff does really well for the league so uh this is definitely going to be a hit to where that cap uh, could have been and for the blackhawks that's that's really bad news because they were already probably going to be up against it and and now you're talking, you know, you're talking Kubalik, who, uh, you know, just nails that 30 goals, and certainly his value's increased, and Strom has been playing better, and certainly uh, can fit in the future, and Coy Crawford, you know, I mean, if you want to be competitive, I think Coy Crawford uh, has to be in at least your short-term plans, um, so, you know, the, the three guys right there that probably uh, are, are going to cost you a bit, and, and you don't have uh, much more than a bit to, to spend, and, uh, you know, even like guys like Kajula and Cuckoo, uh, where, do, where do they fit in the mix? And I, I know that we've talked a lot about this, but the fact that we aren't having a season and, uh, you know, now and the fact that we probably won't have one certainly affects that cap and, uh, you know, the potential of what the Blackhawks can do with uh, with their cap space. Yeah, like you said, a lot of people are writing about that cap. And, you know, I heard uh, we, we, we had our little uh, What We're Hearing piece the other day, and one of the things I had in there, I talked to someone who talked to someone who was in on that call, one of the governors, uh, so the first thing that Gary Bettman said pretty much was that if we don't play any hockey the rest of the year, we lose one billion with a B dollars, which yeah. is an almost unfathomable number for, a, a, you know, this isn't the NFL. They can't really absorb that kind of blow. Uh, that's going to have some kind of ripple effect here. And whether they artificially inflate the cap to keep it as it is, um, that's going to be up to the NHLPA and the NHL to decide. But, uh, yeah, I mean... W- even keeping it, like you said, even standing pat is going to be difficult. You know, they, they might have to sacrifice Corey Crawford, let him walk. They might have to sacrifice, you know, I don't think, you know, they're going to trade Dylan Strom or anything like that, but you're not, you might not be able to sign all these guys. Uh, they, they have such limited maneuverability as it is, um, even with these guys on LTIR, because you have to assume DeHaan's coming back. You, Seabrook is trying to come back. Shaw, uh, from what we understand, is, is trying to come back. Uh, there's so many balls in the air right now for the Blackhawks that even if they have a hard number that they know what it is and they can fit under it, they're not sure what these guys are going to be in the fall. So there, there's so many so many factors playing into this that it just seems unlikely that Stan Bowman's going to be go going to be able to go out and do anything drastic at all. Yeah, and it's the fact that everything's you know like you have all this time now, but these these are the questions the Hawks probably have to be they're asking themselves right now with with no season to be, you know, worrying about. And I know Cuba League's agent was in town recently, and uh, I'm sure they've been discussing with Strom throughout the season. So, um, you know, the offseason is going to feel so much longer than usual, too. Just uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot of time to speculate and talk about these things. But I, but I, I imagine some of these are, uh, you know, things that Blackhawks like to take care of sooner than later and figuring out where they stand with the cap and, uh, you know, if, if they can re-sign those guys. And, you know, I, I'm sure some of those guys are – you know, they still want to play hockey, but uh, certainly having conversations about the future sooner than later as well. And I'll say this, you know, we, 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 very, we only got a very brief window of seeing what this team was supposed to be. And you go back to the fall, I think you and I were both pretty optimistic. I think I was more optimistic than you were, but pretty optimistic about how this team was going to shake out. I thought it was a playoff team. Um, they started slow, and then everybody got hurt, and then they figured it out. So maybe you put Calvin DeHaan in that top pairing. you got a legitimate top pairing there. Maybe you get Andrew Shaw in that middle six scoring 20, 25 goals like you thought. Maybe you have that scoring depth that you need. We've seen Boquist progress. We saw a lot of – I liked a lot of what we saw out of Lucas Carlson. Uh, he's leapfrogged Dennis Gilbert in, in, this, in the uh, depth chart. Uh, you throw Ian Mitchell in there, assuming he signs now that Denver season is over. And 
you know, you could almost convince me that, you know, maybe if they do bring back the whole team next year and that team's healthy, which is a big if, that this could be a pretty decent team next year. It's not going to be a contender, but it could be a pretty decent competitive team. Um, of course, you know, when I talked to Duncan Keith a couple of weeks ago, he said, you know, I, I, I kind of pitched him that idea. And he said, yeah, but the problem is when we had everybody together, that's when we were bad. October through December is why we're in the hole we're in. And, and it's, he's, he's not wrong. So, uh, you know, the potential is there, but they need to, you know, play the way they've been playing the last few months right off the right out of the gate with those guys back in the lineup. And then maybe this isn't really the nightmare scenario that so many fans want to think it is. Yeah, and part of that start was, you know, Colleton trying to be, uh, and, and and obviously we've gone through this so many times too, but, you know, just him trying to, you know, hide some of the mask, some of the the Blackhawks' defensive deficiencies, and it, and it, it ended up, you know, affecting the offense. And when he figured that out, things opened up. And at that point, injuries had occurred. And um, so I, I think there there are paths to success with this team and, and it's certainly having guys healthy and then it's, it's, it's guys taking steps and, you know, if Kirby doc takes that next step, you know, I, I know that where he works with Joe Belfry and, and some people and, you know, he figures things out and, you know, Boquist, even when I talked to him, you know, a month ago, we talked about how big this off season was. And I, I think if, if Alex Nylander can figure out some things developmentally too, where, um, you know, he sometimes has problems just he whipping on shots and playing with speed. And, and if you can get some of that hand-eye coordination to catch up with uh, his skills, I, I think there, there's still something to tap into. And he's so young, and you do talk about Mitchell and, and, and some of those guys. So, um, And then it's and then there's obviously the other side, and, and we've talked about it too, about the other guys, you know, getting older and kind of, you know ma- maintaining that level. And uh, when you look at least Keith and, and Taves and Kane, the main ones in Crawford, you know, we haven't seen – um, you know, much of a decline. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I could be convinced that this team coming back has a shot. Um, I, but I, I guess that's the thing. It's like now that we've seen this team, you know, not succeed. And I guess, I mean, if they're not succeeding or failing, so we've seen this team fail this season that there's, there's a little bit of risk involved in that too. And um, it felt like there was a little bit more certainty coming into this year than, than other years and the fact that they failed. You come back with the same team and not do much and, and possibly even lose guys. Now you lose Robin Leonard and, uh, you know, you're throwing out some other question marks. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's there, there's definitely, you know, there's ways that this team could be worse than this season too. Well, let's talk about some possible free agent targets yeah. that we kicked around. Now, a lot of this is going to involve some creative uh, cap management. We've, we've, we've both talked a lot about this year about potentially buying out Zach Smith, lowering his cap from about $3.5 million to just over $1 million. That's a significant savings. It's really not that big a deal for two years. Uh, maybe you can trade Olimata for mid-round draft picks. And, I, and first, I, I should point out, Zach Smith has been fine this year. Olimata was pretty good the last couple of months of the season once he kind of you know got over that slow start. But these are just the two most malleable contracts you have. Like These are the guys that can, can be eliminated realistically so those are the ones that's why we've been targeting the two of them it's it's nothing personal they're both very nice guys um well, yeah, but, I, I mean, uh, you if know, you look at you look at fourth liners and third pairing guys that you they know, shouldn't be making what those guys are making right for sure um so yeah we we talked about we were kicking around in the in, in the tweaks and in, in option two um we were t- uh, tweaking between of getting a dadinov who's a power play dynamo but is 31 years old and tyler Tofolia, a, a, a familiar face to hawks fans from back when the hawks and kings ruled the world um, I like Toffoli. I think he's a legitimate 25, 30 goal scorer. You can put him on a line with Kirby Doc and Patrick Kane, and I think that'd be a really good line to go to complement the Kubalik Taves Sod line. Um, uh, y- y- what do you think about him versus Dodonov, or does just Max Shalunov come in and just take over the world? Uh, 
<laughs> it's funny because when we wrote this we were sort of thinking the whole season would would happen still so i i guess i don't believe what we wrote as much as i did when we wrote it because of <laughs> uh, the, the, the the financial implications are just if the cap is going to remain the same like there's so little wiggle room that um these guys make sense so taylor hall's not room. happening <laughs> oh man i was counting on I, uh, I, matt barzell or taylor hall um yeah, so I we were looking at what what's the cap now eighty one point five, yeah, yeah. Um, I I think under that we were looking at eighty three to eighty four, and yeah, I I think the names that we threw out make sense if there's that budget, and certainly those guys would improve, and and you know a couple of those options may not be too pricey. It's just um, yeah, I don't know what's realistic anymore. I don't. Uh, I don't know where the cap's going and if it's uh, if the Blackhawks are going to resign because I feel like Kubalik's a priority and I, I still think Strom makes this team better and him especially playing with with the Brinkett. Um But yeah, there's there's kind of especially the power play. You need to find and maybe Shaw was that guy. You know, Kane mentioned the other day about missing Shaw and having that net from presence and and Kane even brought brought up Anisim off where you know maybe wasn't as effective on uh, at five on five in recent years, but was still. The net front guy, and you know they seem to lack that. You know Tave has only Tave has only one power play goal this year, and last year you know he had eight or nine. So I, I feel like if you can still plug in the right guys, and maybe it's Shaw if he's healthy, he comes back and he's that guy, or Doc takes that next step. But um, I, I almost feel like you need to address the power play as much as you did the penalty kill, where they went out and got Carpenter and and Mata and guys who they felt fit that and. Um, you obviously have a lot of skill in that power play. It's just it's it's finding the pieces that maybe just make it click, because it's it's really held them back for a couple of years now, where the penalty kills improved and um, you know five on five has been coming up and down, but goaltending has been so great, so it's been able to hide that. But you know when when you're talking about so many close games and you know the Blackhawks really were in most games this season, but if if you know if your power play is not at the bottom of the league, you, you probably have a different record and you, you probably are in the playoffs. Oh God, yeah, you talk about. Uh... Those they got kind of lost in the shuffle when the real news hit. But the last couple of games, you had Dominic Kubalik and Alex Dabrinkit rotating as the net front guy. Your two, literally, your two best shooters on the entire team yeah. uh, were in the net front. So clearly, that's a that is an area that needs to. You know, we always joke about you know net front presence being like this player that you need. But man, it is the most glaring hole in this team. More than the defense, more than backup goalie. Now, um, if they have no power play, this team isn't good enough to overcome that anymore. And we beat that into the ground. But it's it is the most glaring truth I know about this team is they need to figure out that power play, or we'll be talking about the same stuff next year, minus hopefully the coronavirus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I thought that way about the penalty kill last year. Like, if the penalty kill wasn't uh, one of the worst penalty kills in NHL history, like they probably would have made the playoffs and. Uh, you know, you fix the penalty kill, and uh, you know you have the goaltending. But yeah, just that power play, it just it's uh, yeah, just it wasn't. And, and you could hear the frustration in Kane. Uh, you know, he's probably talked about this subject so much, where he just he's like, "Why? I don't understand why the power play isn't better because it should be." And, and and there's years where the Blackhawks have been successful, and the power play hasn't been good. And uh, it's probably so rarely that when we actually covered this team over the last what, eight or eight years or so that the power play has been good, but they've been able to uh, find ways to succeed otherwise. But um, yeah, I, I think that's that has to be something they they need to figure out 
whatever holes the you know whatever specific guy can fit what they're doing to make it better or come in with different ideas and I, I know that even uh, last few practices we covered there was a lot of time spent on the power play and uh, you know Kane Taves and Keith at the you know toward the end of practice was talking 15-20 minutes and you know that that's not something we usually see and especially working on the power play them having spending that much time but I I think it really kind of clicked with them that this needs to change and talking about ideas and um, you know, I, I, last game when they scored two power play goals, so maybe it was uh, maybe it was getting better. So, um, I, I, we have some uh, we have some questions. I know people asked about uh, prospect stuff, and uh, I just put up a yeah, story you just about had a story about, up, yeah. I just talking about Evan Barrett, uh, you know, having his season shut uh, cut short, and what that means for his future. And Ian Mitchell, uh, he didn't really want to talk at length right now. You know, we just talked a few weeks ago, and I think he's still trying to decide. But he, he gave me a little update and. Um, and, uh, you know, t- talking to, uh, you know, people, it seems like Shalunov's interested in, uh, you know, the KHL season will probably be caught here too. So I, I, you know, I think there's plenty for Bowman to do and, and figure out, um, and, and at least, uh, you know, while you're waiting for, you know, what, what the season happens, I think you can sign some guys or kind of, um, map your future a little bit. I, I still, you know, I, I guess I, I would think that they're aggressive again, looking at Europe and options and, you know, I think that's something they can actually sell the teams now too. When you when you look at, you know, they've traded guys away like Panarin and um, Cahoon and stuff, but but they've had they've had a pretty good success, you know, putting guys in the lineup and them having success there. And um, I, I think that's you know, there's a couple options that uh, I think they may still look at there. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks are still aggressive there because they they they've seemed to you know whether it's trading away picks or prospects that they they've been able to fill some holes by you know looking at Europe. I mean, yeah, that's been their best farm system. I mean, in the last few years, there really hasn't been a lot uh, of impact to come out of Rockford. It's all come from Europe. So uh, they, and then every time you talk to Stan Bowman, he points that out. Like that's that's an avenue for them. That's as valuable to them as the draft. They have a, they have a track record of bringing these guys over and putting them in a position to succeed. So they're attractive to European free agents because they've seen what Dominic Cahoon did, Dominic Kubalik, Eric Gustafson, and obviously Artemi Panarin. There's a track record there. So it is an advantage they have in that recruiting process. Is that European uh, free agents do want to sign here, which helps. Um, Beyond that, I, I know you got to go pick up your kids soon. Um, a lot of people are asking us what the hell we're going to do for these next few months, and uh, we're getting creative. The, 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 the athletics Slack channels these days is, like, if, you, if, if I step away from my phone or my computer for 30 seconds, I miss 9,000 messages. It's kind of unbelievable, the creativity that's coming out of it. We have a, we have a, we have a Slack channel called Let's Get Weird, and it's getting weird in there. Um, there will be things to write. There'll, we will have fun. Uh, we, we survived a five-month offseason last year. We'll survive a seven-month offseason this year, I think. And you have a mailbag coming out later this week, so if people have questions that we missed or uh, whatever else, feel hit up. Feel free to hit up Mark. Yeah, and we've got a few features still in the works. We're we're trying to keep stay on top of what the guys are doing now during the hiatus. Right now, it's kind of radio silence from the Hawks, where players aren't available, but we're uh, we're efforting in some regards there. And uh, we'll have we'll have plenty of hashtag content for you coming up soon. Yep. Um, and I assume that we'll we'll probably do these occasionally. So. Um, we'll, uh, you and I will actually talk in person uh, at some yeah. point too, I'm sure. Maybe we'll plan these out better next time and have things to talk about. We could do some uh, trips down memory lane. As you know, you know I love uh, I, I traffic highly in nostalgia, so maybe we could talk about the 2013 Cup run, what it was like to cover that in our first year, 2015 run. Um, we've got lots of stories to tell. We'll, 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 we'll have time, plenty of time to tell them. Maybe one day we can meet at Manny's and just eat in the, eat in the car and have the podcast, you know? Uh, separate cars. 
Separate Six feet apart, please. Let's talk through the window. <laughs> <laughs> like like two cops one of us will in sit a parking in front, lot. One of us will sit yeah. in back. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll just do the thing where the, like the cops do, where you're facing in different directions, so both driver's sides are on the same side. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds good. Um, yeah, we'll have stuff all week, and then we'll have stuff coming in the future. So, All right, stay uh, inside. For, uh, uh, go back and read our old stories. For, uh, for Mark Lazarus, I'm Scott Powers, and this is Laz and Powers, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Stay safe. Won't you let me try?